Hey, this is James Douglas, the pastor at Open Door in Shawnee, Oklahoma. I just want to take a second and say thanks for uh, connecting with us online today. It's our prayer that this time that you spend with us will bless you and encourage you, that it will fill you with the grace and peace of Jesus. If you want to connect with us more, we hope that you'll find us on Facebook or Instagram at Shawnee Open Door, or you can go online and find us at www.open.com dash door dot tv uh, if today's message or ministry blesses you in some way and you feel uh, like you want to give financially to help support us you can go to our website and there's a give now button where you can click to donate and that will help us just continue to get the message of jesus out to people that need it thanks so much we love you and we pray that you are blessed today we hope to connect with you soon Amen. And Holly and I are actually going to just sit down and and talk with you guys for a second. I promise I'm going to keep it short. We're going to keep it short. Well, I'm going to keep my part short. No, I'm joking. I'm always. If you have a Bible, would you grab it real quick? I just, I want to go over... The sentence on the back of your shirt, or the two sentences, rather. Love God, love people. Um, our mission statement isn't, uh, isn't world-rattling. It's pretty simple. And uh, we didn't come up with a mission statement to try to make us different from every other church in town. I actually think every church should probably have the same mission, if we're doing what Jesus has called us to do, because he's made it really clear what he wants from us. And I want to read a couple passages to you, and then we're just going to visit about loving God and loving people, and then go eat some lunch together, and it's going to be awesome. So if you would look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And as you're turning there, I'm going to ask Holly to just pray over this quick word that we're going to share with you. Father, thank you so much for all that you've done already. Thank you for your presence that's been with us. I thank you for your people that are here today. Lord, I ask that you would continue to bless us. We thank you for what you've already blessed us with, God. Just continue it, Lord Jesus. We love you so much. We dedicate this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Matthew 28 is where we're going to start. Matthew 28, in verse 18, it says this. Now, these are the last words that Jesus speaks Before he ascends into heaven. How many of us know that usually when you get last words, they're pretty important, right? So these are the last words that Jesus says as he's ascending into heaven. And here's what it says. Verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So uh, the first phrase in in our mission as a church is to make disciples because that's what Jesus called us to do as he's ascending into heaven. He says, "Here's guys, this is what I want. I want you to make disciples. Now, let's be honest. Disciple is kind of like a little bit of a churchy word maybe, right? You're not hearing the word disciple outside of the church a whole lot. So what is a disciple? A disciple is somebody that is a student or an apprentice. I, I like that thought, that, that I am an apprentice of Jesus. 
that I am in the school of discipleship and my master, my rabbi, is Jesus. And so I'm learning from Jesus. And that's always been my heart. And that will be always at the center of Holly and I's heart in leading this church is follow us as we follow Jesus. And if you don't see us following Jesus, then don't follow us. Because we're headed toward the ditch if we're not following Jesus. Okay? And so uh, Jesus said, make disciples. Make people that are learning to obey all that I've commanded you. Now flip back and we'll look at where Jesus kind of boiled down all of his teaching. All of Jesus' teaching can be boiled down in Matthew chapter 22. We're going to look at verse 34. If we were to take and put all of Jesus' teaching in a nutshell, I think we can find it in these few verses. I'm glad that we don't have to do that, but if we're boiling it down to the essence of what does it mean, okay, I'm, I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm a learner, I heard one guy say, we're all in the school of love, and the best we can hope to do is graduate kindergarten in this life. Like, as I'm in this journey with Jesus, like, the best I may get is to finish kindergarten, you know? So that kind of keeps me humble to think about it like that. Uh, But here's, when they're asking Jesus about what's the greatest commandment, what are we supposed to be doing? Look at what it says in Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God. So where do we get love God? Right here. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. Now listen, if you've been following Jesus any length of time, you know that in theory that sounds real simple. And Jesus has made it pretty simple for us. Love the Lord and love people. But how many of us know it's anything but simple to do? The commands are simple. The obedience that it takes to do it is not always real simple, is it? And so Holly's going to kind of share into this idea of loving God. So we're disciples. We're learners of Jesus, and what he's commanded us to do first is to love God. Um, so whenever I was thinking on this, I was just trying to think kind of, the Lord has been teaching me recently, I was telling James, before we even decided to do this, he's been teaching me what it looks like to understand his love for us. And I feel like that, as a church, we all need to grasp that in order for us to be able to love him the way that we need to. Um, and so James had already read Matthew 22, um, verse 34 or 4. So I'm going to just share a couple of things here for you guys. Um, and try not to take forever. <laughs> um, but I've got a couple of verses that I want to read to you guys because I feel like that everything, everything about God's love um, is summed up in, in these. Um, and so the first one is 1 John four nineteen, and it says, we love because he first loved us. And then John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In order for us to fully 
understand what it means to love God with everything. We have to understand how much he loves us. We have to get this. Um, And I feel like that a lot of times in church, um, a lot of believers, um, they don't understand how much that God loves them. Um, We get this weird, twisted idea that the Father is mad at us, that he's upset with us, that, you know, any time that we make a mistake or we mess up, that, well, how could he even want to love him anymore? Um, and that is something that I feel like the the church in America has been preaching for the longest time and has made people think this way. But if you read these verses, you guys, how could you not understand how much he loves you? How could we not understand that? How could we not grasp his great love for us? That he sent Jesus here to rescue us. There's this song um, and it's called Love Came Down. And the, the, the words say, love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I'm forever yours. Man, you guys, the Lord loves you. He loves you so much. Um, and I, I heard this quote this week. Actually, I heard two really good quotes this week. And I love quotes. If you guys know me, you know this about me. I'm always looking at quotes and saying quotes. And um, so the first one was talking about, uh, it was talking about how we're not an advertisement for Jesus, but we're to be the evidence of Jesus in the world. And that is what the church is called to do. And that is what we James and I, that's our heart for you, for Open Door, because everyone that's in this place, that's partnered with us, that's who you are. You're the evidence of Jesus in the world. You're the evidence of Jesus in Shawnee. You're the evidence of Jesus in your families, in your workplace, wherever you are. You're the evidence of who he is, of his love. Um, And so whenever I... I was thinking about this, I started reading, and I was in First John in, uh, chapter 4, verse 16, and it says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So when, we, when we're living this out every single day, when we're living out the evidence of who Jesus is in us, what he's done for us, who he is to us. That's how we love God. That's how we love him every single day. That's how we love him in front of other people. And as a church, that's how we love him in this community. And I feel like that for every person that's come up here today and shared, um, it's the evidence in their lives. Everything that was shared up here today, it's evidence of the love of God that's been shown to them. And that is by a group of believers. That is by a group of us here in this room. Living life every single day together. Abiding in God and in his love every single day. And doing this alongside one another. And as we do this, we're loving God. So I just want to encourage you guys um, that when we live this out, the world sees the evidence of the Father's love in us. And just like Jesus was the exact image of the Father, we are to be the reflection of him in this world here and now. And I feel like the open door, like we're getting there. We're getting there, you guys. Um, 
And I know that we don't always feel that way. All of us are going to go through days where we feel like, man, like I, I was just like, I completely missed it today. But what is so amazing about being a part of a church family like this is that we can come together every single week and encourage each other. Yes. Like what Caitlin was saying. When we go, when we're a part of Sunday school, when we're a part of Wednesday night, when we're sharing our lives with each other, we're encouraging one another to know, I can keep going. I can keep doing this. The Lord still loves me. He still wants to use me. Like Ty said, I love so much that we allowed people to share today because everything that everyone said, that is a reflection it's a reflection of Jesus moving in this, in this body. So I'm so thankful Amen. for that. So that's what loving God looks like. But now, I've always said that I think the loving God part is the easier part of, than loving people. That's just me. You can argue with me if you want. But if uh, you've lived with people long enough, you know God is perfect. People are not. You know, and, and for me, it's, sometimes it's easy to love a perfect God that I haven't seen with my physical eyes, but to love the people around me that are with me right now. That can be tougher. And after Jesus had washed his disciples' feet in John 13, this is one more scripture I want to share, and then we'll, we will wrap up in two minutes. Gave me two minutes. We will wrap up in two minutes. It's but, gonna be longer than that. But no, no, no. Two minutes. You're taking in my time now. John chapter 13, verse 34. It says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And then verse 35 is so powerful. It says, By this all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Um I just, I wanted to end with this challenge, that the world's looking for a church that loves. And, and loving doesn't mean condoning, like we've, we've thought that before, but loving means loving people right where they are, not setting up boundaries and saying, oh, you can be in, but you're out, but to love people right where they're at, in the midst of the mess, in the midst of the heartache, in the midst of the brokenness, and go, you know what? That was me. Sometimes that still is me. And I love you. I love you because in loving you, I show the world the love of Jesus. I actually prove that I'm following Jesus by the way I love people. And I wanted to read it, but I won't because it just hit 12. So I'm... But in Matthew 25, there's the story where Jesus at the end of time... He separates, he comes as a shepherd, and he separates the sheep from the goats. And the righteous sheep, Jesus, had, had, Jesus says, you loved people. I was sick, and, and you visited me. I was hungry, you fed me. I was naked, you clothed me. Jesus goes through this list of practical ways that we actually love people. And, and, and the righteous are like, Lord, when did we see you and do these things? And he says, whenever you did it to the least of these. And so I've been thinking to myself, the people that sometimes, I don't know if you ever do this, but let me just tell them myself. There are some people that I see and my initial reaction is, they're out. They're wrong. They're sinners. There's not much hope for them. 
I know, I'm the only one. You guys sit there and be holy. It's fine. But sometimes I see people like that, and that's my inclination. And, and as I've been meditating on that verse again, I've been thinking, what would, it, what would happen if I started seeing these people and going, no, that person right there, that's Jesus. And maybe they need me to come and clothe them. Maybe they need me to come and feed them. Maybe they're sick. We know they're spiritually sick and they need somebody to come with the medicine of the good news of the gospel and tell them that there is hope for them and they're not beyond the reach of God's saving love. Like when I love people, I prove that I'm his disciple. And I just want to love people better. And I want our church to keep growing and loving people better. Amen? Man, I felt it in the room today. We loved God. I felt it, man. We were loving God. That was awesome. You know, I felt the Lord's presence as we were worshiping him. And now, let's love one another. Let's love the people that maybe there's a part of us that goes, oh, they're out. No, look at them and go, no, they can be in. They can, one encounter with Jesus, and they can be in. Because the Father actually, I believe, sometimes I think, Okay, I'm done. I'm 12.02. I'm lying now. But 12.02, sometimes I think the church is taught there's a real narrow table, and I think the Father's table is actually pretty big. And I think there's room for lots of people there. And it's not our job to decide who gets to sit at the table. It's our job to love people and show them, hey, there is a place for you. So let's live like that. Amen. Stand with me.